Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Relentless Daring on Podbean.com. Welcome back to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com or on demand of the Podbean app, RelentlessDaring.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts or where they're sold for free or something stealing from somebody else. I don't know. So, there is so much to get into. Some of it quite amusing, some of it mind-blowingly stupid, but there's a lot of it to get into. But first, I have got to get into some coffee. And not just any old coffee you do. Sure, there's the best part of waking up, but, you know, that's branded content, and I'm not going to use it because, you know, branded content. However, I will gladly talk about American Pride Roasters. Uh, tonight, tonight's show is not actually fueled by Bourbon and Bad Decisions. Tonight's show is fueled by On the Roof. 20 bucks, same as downtown. Um, this is a coffee that I have talked about in the past because of the connection to the late, great Michael Doc Thompson, for whom it is named after. However... I recently got it in the mail. I said, if I want to talk about it, I'm going to order it, try it, see how it is. And, oh, my God, it is better than I expected. Dave Matthews hit it out of the park with this blend. I mean, it's bold, but not in your face. Strong. It's got great flavor. By far, one of the best blends of coffee I've ever had. If you want to check out the on the roof blend. Remember, it's twenty bucks, same as downtown. Um, go to aprcoffee.com, check it out. Uh, if you want flavored coffees, they have a Hamilton Burr blend that is like blueberry donut. Which I'm not big into flavored coffees, but I know people who are who really love that flavor. Uh, it's coming up, getting closer to Thanksgiving. Try. The first Thanksgiving blend, if, you, if you're into that pumpkin spice thing. So many great flavors of coffee. And even the unflavored, just straight roasted coffees are absolutely to die for. So aprcoffee.com, go there. When you place your order, there in the you'll get a section you can put special instructions in. Tell them that you heard about it from Tyler at Relentless Daring. So aprcoffee.com. Historically, great coffee. All right, so getting into things. um, Last week, Mark Zuckerberg announced 
the metaverse. And, you know, the actual Facebook corporation is now meta. And I'm a fan of meta, as in meta humor. The idea of everything being interconnected and on the interwebs and the internet of things, I'm not such a fan of. However, someone else was not a fan of his long, meandering announcement video talking about the metaverse. So that being said, I would like to give you the Iceland worse. Hi, and welcome to this very natural setting. Today, I want to talk about a revolutionary approach on how to connect our world without being super weird. Some said it's not possible. Some said it's out of reach. To them, we say it's already here. Seriously, look, it's right here. And what do we call this not so new chapter in human connectivity? The Iceland worse. Enhanced actual reality without silly-looking headsets. In our open-world experience, everything is real. And has been for millions of years. He's trying it's to completely out what he immersive. With water that's wet. with humans to connect with. You're human, right? Isn't she funny? <laughs> In the Iceland wars, there's real moss you can uh, look at, but please don't touch, it's, it's very delicate. Skies you can see with your eyeballs. Volcanic rocks you can caress. Really big geysers you can observe from a safe distance. Birds you can watch. They're really cute, but a bit stupid. Waterfalls you can stand near, like this one, that one, this one, that one, and even this one. Horses you can ride, with hair you can touch. The Iceland Wars is a world with possibilities so endless, they'll be here forever. So join us today, or tomorrow, or whenever. We are really easygoing. Now, please enjoy our logo. Yeah, so the Iceland Tourism uh, Department, whatever you want to call them, they thought the whole thing was just absolutely silly. So they came up with their own take on the Mark Zuckerberg metaverse announcement to make the Iceland worse, and this is having fun at Zuckerberg's uh, expense. And even the guy who is uh, doing the video, which I will include a link in the show notes so you can actually go and see what I shared with y'all, he actually looks a little bit like Zucker- Zuckerberg, especially when he's... Uh, 
gets into the hot spring and he has a face just plastered in sunscreen because he really gets that android look going that Zuckerberg is known for. But yeah, Iceland, I will say, has one of the greatest tourism bureaus of any nation. I mean, hey, we have a forest of screams. If you want to include your voice, submit a video of you screaming. So you can walk through, a, walk through a forest in Iceland and hear your own scream. Maybe the screaming goat. But I said, it's one of those things. I'm doing my show prep. I have everything figured out what I'm going to do. And then I see that courtesy of the New York Post. And it's like, yep, I've got to include it. So let's go from, uh, let's go from Iceland mocking uh, Zuckerberg, as we are all wont to do. And let's mock Nicole Hannah-Jones. Yes, that's right. Everyone's favorite fictitious history writer, Nicole Hannah-Jones. You see, Nicole doesn't really know what history is. She even admits her 1619 project that she won a Pulitzer Prize for isn't actually history. It's an interpretation of historical events. It's like when you see a movie that says, based on a true story. The 1619 Project is based on actual events. There's no actual history to it. It's like like watching the Patriot and say, okay, they do include some historical figures, but everything's fictitious. Well, she uh, had another fantasy of history today. That's what Kim said here in the live chat. Well, she put out a little bit of a hot take on Hiroshima. On November 6th, so this is a little bit of an an old screw-up on her part. She tweeted, quote, Feeling ashamed of shameful things is not bad. It's called being an empathetic and moral human being. Shame helps us do better. When I visited the Hiroshima Peace Museum about the impact of the U.S. atomic bomb as an American, I felt shame. (laughs) If only she could get past her own lies. Uh, Someone immediately responded, uh, no surprise, she still poorly understands history. A land invasion of Japan would have cost millions of lives. To which she responded, which has now been deleted. You're the only one who poorly understands history. They dropped the bomb and they knew surrender was coming because they spent all this money developing it and to prove it was worth it. Propaganda is not history, my friend. No, you look like an idiot. Yeah, um, you want a Pulitzer Prize for propaganda, you dumb broad? Come on. There is a complete and total lack of self-awareness on the left and on some people on the right. Like Michael Flynn giving a speech 
there, there can only be one nation under God until we have one religion under God. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow it down. Slow your roll there, Mikey. Slow it down. Get a little carried away there, but I digress. But the problem problem is she never she deleted the tweet, but she never acknowledged that historically she was wrong. Well, apparently we are at a time in my career where a tweet response with 100 likes is worthy of all kinds of explication and condemnations five days after I wrote it, even after I've deleted it. But sure, okay. I mean, if you study any history at all, like actual history, there is... There is some conjecture that with the fall of Germany, Russia could then turn, or Soviet Union, whatever you want to call it, could turn and then start attacking Japan from the north. And then with the U.S. coming in from the south, kind of box them in. But again, that would have been millions of lives because the military leadership had no intention of surrendering Japan. They they got warnings, pamphlets dropped all over Hiroshima and Nagasaki and eight other cities that could potentially have been bombed with the nuke. Did Japan surrender? No. Did people evacuate? No, even though they were given ample warning. So we dropped the bomb. And then they had no intention of surrendering after the first bomb. Three days later, we dropped another one on Nagasaki. The emperor had to go and tell his military leadership after Nagasaki when they were planning their retaliation, stop, we are surrendering. I am the emperor, this is my decision. So again, Nicole Hannah-Jones proving that for an, a supposedly educated human being, she's not very smart. It's just absolutely and totally asinine. But yeah, the, the fact that she come out and say with no, with no self-awareness, no sense of irony that propaganda is not history. I mean, her, her quote, history, end quote, is being taught in schools across the country. And it's something that even she admits is not actual history. But she really doesn't seem to have a problem with people spreading her propaganda as history kind of weird you know when it's when it's your crap it suddenly smells like roses when it's other people's crap let's not have it in here it's insane but now that i have a hit up a couple things i don't even know where to go next um 
I'll put out to the crowd. Do I talk OSHA? Do I talk uh, feeding maps to wild boars? Where do we go here? No, I, I like the idea of feeding maps to wild boars. I know you might be thinking, what's a map? Well, it's not that thing that hangs out with Dora the Explorer in the backpack. I'll tell you that right now. As obnoxious as that is, it does not deserve to be fed to wild boars. However, there is a an assistant professor at Old Dominion University. The professor, they're the assistant professor at Old Dominion, is a she who believes that she is a he, but is non-binary. So how how that works, I don't know. Either you transitioned from one to the other, but you can't be non-binary. Because obviously if you're transitioning one from the other, there's two choices. But I don't know. I have a working brain and they're making it not work and I don't like it. So anywho's, Alan Walker. A female to male transgender who identifies as non-binary sat down for an interview with the now infamous active activist group Prostasia. Which really weird how many letters of prostate are in Prostasia. A registered 50C3, which many have called pro-pedophile for their stance on legalizing childlike sex dolls and routinely comparing pedophilia to a sexuality. Uh, in the interview, Alan said, quote, I think we believe societally that stigma against maps serves to protect children because we don't fully understand the differences between maps and sex offenders. Again, we have this confusion because of the attraction and criminal behavior. Well, you see, I have a... I have an attraction to wanting to stab people in the face. But the prop, the thing is, there, there's a lot of things that would have to happen for me to decide that stabbing someone in the face is a morally good idea. If you are a minor attracted person, I mean, how long is it until... You go from, wow, that 12-year-old girl over there, she's something else, to starting to groom the 12-year-old girl. Starting to engage in pederast behavior. In grooming, you know, you know pubescent children, teenagers. It's absolutely insane. And there's a reason why there's a stigma to people who get off on little kids because they're sick. Granted, I understand human history. You know, the actual biological history where, you know, to increase the likelihood of your lineage surviving you had to take you had to have a partner 
to have, make those babies with that were young. But you know what? We have evolved as a species. We keep getting told all the time, hey, the, the, this whole idea of evolution, it's real. Evolution explains everything about how we've come to be. Okay, then why haven't we evolved? Why haven't these people evolved past wanting to bang children? I would like to bang the people who like to bang children with a baseball bat. Repeatedly. And then throw them in a pen with wild boars, preferably while still alive. <laughs> Lady Di says, or goats. Yeah, um, I have far more respect for the people who who uh, like to engage in goat business than I do for people who like kitty business. People who like kitty business, there is no place in society for them. We should not normalize. I'm sorry. I know we're working towards that. I mean, freaking Roman Polanski got a standing ovation at the Oscars for his Lifetime Achievement Award. I'm sorry. His Lifetime Achievement was drugging a 12-year-old girl at Jack Nicholson's house while Angelica Houston was home and then raping her. That is what we want to normalize. We want to normalize things that lead to criminal behavior. That's right. Well, you you you, you got to legalize marijuana, man, because you know, this marijuana, all they do is you, you sit around and be hungry. Yeah, well, what happens when your body stops responding to THC because you ingested so much of it? Kind of like the uh, the adrenaline junkies, where okay, well this this act which used to cause a rush of adrenaline no longer produces the same thing. So I have to go bigger, harder, faster, stronger to get the same ad- adrenaline rush. What happens when these minor attracted persons, when these pedos? Decide that, you know, I just don't want to be a eunuch. I don't want to I don't want to be chased. Well, you know, they you know get this get this doll that looks like a ten year old boy. Ew. Uh, this article goes on to uh Talk about a uh, the in, in the interview. She goes on to state that MAP advocacy groups like Before You Act have advocated for the use of the term, and they've advocated primarily because it's less stigmatizing than other terms like pedophile. Well, here's the thing: pedophile, like alien, is a perfectly good legal word. And very descriptive because it tells exactly what you are. Pedo referring to children. Like a pediatrician. A doctor who specializes in children. So you have pedo, pedo, which means kids. File, which, you know, from the Greek word philo for love, you love kids. 
In this case, it is the the arrows type love, not the you know, not the. I love being around kids because kids are amazing. I love working with children. I love doing all these things to make children live a fulfilling life. At another point in the interview, Walker states she, quote, sort of empathizes with pedophiles because of identifying as queer. Although I'm not a map myself, I am queer. And so I, too, have been through experiences and realized that I have attractions many people wouldn't understand and that some people find to be immoral. And those experiences have really shaped who I've become. And so I sort of empathize with those experiences, and I wanted to learn more. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, The prostasia group that she, he, it, Bob, whatever, was with. These are people who like platforming pedos, giving them a place to to state, I'm not so bad. We're just normal people. We just have a kink. We have a sexual identity. We have a sexual preference. We prefer sex with kids. That is our sexual preference. But the thing is, they they work with groups uh, that before you act that it mentioned that the article mentioned, it was founded by a serial child raper, who fortunately is dead now. I really wish it had been the the hands of a vengeful parent. Alas, it was not. the same time it's like there are certain behaviors that should be stigmatized we talk we hear all the all the time now what is consent well we we've defined that legally consent cannot be given by a minor cannot be given by someone eight under the age of 18 there are some people who think you shouldn't have be able to do any legal consent until you're 21 but you can vote at 18, you can listen to the military at 18, you can do so much stuff at 18, but legal consent, blah, 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 blah. It's disgusting to think that we have people who legitimately believe that we should allow, I'm not going to say the stupid phrase, number one, it's a waste of words. But I'm a, I'm a call a spade a spade. It's a pedophile. And there's only one cure for pedophilia in this world. The cure for pedophilia is not acceptance. The cure for pedophilia is not allowing these sickos to engage in reprehensible behavior that harms and damages children that harms and damages young people who have not fully developed have, don't have a fully developed brain that can harm and do severe damage to vulnerable people i mean harvey milk was a horrible pederast 
Which, hey, I'm glad we named a freaking ship after him, U.S. Navy. How's that for normalizing pederasty and pedophilia? A dude who was known to have an underage boyfriend that he groomed. A dude who was known to go, oh, you're homeless, you need a place to stay? Yeah, you can stay at my place and then sexually assault them. But no, there's only one cure for that. And Harvey Milk received the cure. And that is lead suppositories. I don't care if it's a person who aligns politically with me, like, or at least says they align politically with me. Oh, you're a right winger, but you but you want to dip your wick in a kid? Bam. Oh, you're a leftist who thinks that little kids little kids smear little sexy playthings. Guess what? Bam. And then we have a federal government that, oh, these uh these unaccompanied minors, uh, yeah, we're just going to send them places and give them to people who they claim to be family, but we're not really going to take time to prove it. And they get trafficked. They get sold into either labor slavery, which is bad. I'm not going to diminish labor slavery at all. However, I'm also not going to diminish what's worse than that, and that is sex slavery. Sex slavery is the worst crime to to commit against any human being, regardless of age. It doesn't matter if it's a you know, grown woman who gets, you know, trafficked. Doesn't matter if it's a child. Yet sex trafficking and sex slavery is worse than even rape. Because with child sex trafficking, I mean, you are literally profiting off the suffering of these children at the hands of sickos. And there's only one cure for child sex traffickers, or even regular sex traffickers for that matter, and it does not involve lead suppositories. Nay, it requires something far, far slower and far more painful. That way you get to exact the amount of pain you, these morons have put children and other people through. Jeffrey Epstein, he got off easy not killing himself. As far as uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, Ghislaine, Ghislaine, however you say her stupid name, I hope she gets to be on the receiving end of whatever god-awful punishment that should be that should be exacted on her. I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. 
their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through, so they have some of the best flavors. Cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now, and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes, check it out. You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. KetoChow.xyz, Keto Made Easy. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. All right, so getting back into things, I had to take a little break there and uh, drink some more delicious coffee from American Pride Roasters, aprcoffee.com. Tell them Tyler sent you. Um, so I'm going to do a quick rundown on things that happened with the Kyle Rittenhouse case over the last couple weeks. Um, I took the last weekend off, so... There's been a lot that happened with it. The defense got up and, well, every defense witness, or excuse me, the prosecutor got up and every prosecutor witness, they just tore his, tore the whole case apart. Uh, Mr. Mr. Bicep McBiceperton got up on the stand and admitted that uh, yeah, when I wasn't pointing my gun at him, he didn't shoot me. Oh, so when did he shoot you? When I pointed my gun at him. Okay, cool. Uh, that's not a good, that's not a good look. You have, uh, uh, McInnes, that reporter from Daily Caller who was there. He literally just tore apart the entire premise of what happened to Rapey McRaperton. And, and McInnes is one of the guys who, there's a, on his behalf, there is a charge of reckless endangerment because, you know, he was right there when Rosenbaum got shot. Well, you could have shot him. Well... As a journalist, he put himself in that situation. Uh, we, we don't complain to the Taliban whenever we have journalists on the ground and with our troops and there's a firefight. Hey, you could have shot our journalist. Oh, my gosh. But it just goes on and on. And it's just like, this is so... Why hasn't this case been thrown out? I mean... As soon as the prosecution rested and it went went over to the defense, the defense should have said, Your Honor, 
every ounce of testimony from their own witnesses has disproven their own case. But yet again, we, we have such stupid going on. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse took the stand in his own defense. Uh, and it, lots of people make fun of the fact that he broke down. And I will say this. I have made no, I've made no small deal that I suffer from PTSD. For a long time, I dealt with it, not necessarily in healthy healthy ways. When I finally went to behavioral health about my PTSD, and I actually had to talk about the things I saw that messed me up, I broke down in a manner reminiscent of Kyle Rittenhouse on the stand. It's a big blubbering mess. Couldn't breathe, hyperventilating because so many things just rush into your brain at once. You just can't make sense of it. And it's like, oh, I feel for the kid. Yeah, in the last year, he's probably relived those moments in his own mind thousands of times. But it's one thing to look back at and go, oh, my God, this happened, this happened, this happened. But then you're asked to walk through everything and say in your own words. And he went fine for a long time up until when Zeminski and Rosenbaum kind of got him cornered at that car lot. And that's when he just broke down because suddenly – so much just rushes in and hit hits you that you don't really know how to process. And it's just been so just gross watching the left. Um, you know, Gary Oldman playing the, uh, playing the villain in this movie once again as uh, prosecutor Binger. Um, yeah, find a, put a side-by-side of Binger and Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is the prosecutor in this case. That explains why he's doing such a poor job acting out as a prosecutor. He didn't study. Um, the left is all upset because the judge, oh my God, the judge reprimanded the prosecutor. How dare he? Because he's trying to enter into evidence stuff that the judge had already ruled against. And then tries to bring it up in front of the jury without discussing it with the judge. That is that is a procedural no-no. And the left is all butthurt that oh, the judge scolded him. Oh, no. Then you add into it when they get their shot at cross-examining Kyle Rittenhouse, Binger brings up that, you know, why haven't you spoken to police or prosecutors beforehand? Uh, 
Really? And the judge went ballistic on that because at that point, because he was attacking and making fun of the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse actually used his Fifth Amendment rights to not incriminate himself and to not speak to the prosecutors or the cops. He should have just thrown it out right there. Just done. Just declared mistrial with prejudice, cannot bring it back. And then, when it's all said and done, Binger needs, if he's not disbarred, he should at the very least face some sort of, uh, you know, repercussions within the Bar Association of Wisconsin. It was so gross. And then he's constantly trying to get Rittenhouse to slip up. Oh, oh, then you intentionally killed him. Well, no, I intended to stop the threat. So you shot him. Yes. And he died. Yes. Well, (laughs) CBS heard that. And, well, CBS Morning's Twitter account posted a tweet claiming Kyle Rittenhouse, quote, murdered two men, end quote, on Thursday while the teen's self-defense trial is is ongoing. However, the post was quickly deleted after critics and legal experts jumped on the network's obvious bias. Uh, the The tweet in full read, quote, Kyle Rittenhouse testified in his murder trial yesterday, breaking down in tears as he told the jury he murdered two men in a Black Lives Matter protest last year in self-defense. Uh, Becca Adams from the Washington from the Washington Examiner said, bang up job, guys. Mark Hemingway, a real queer investigation senior writer, noted, again, a lot of Rittenhouse coverage and commentary is straight-up libelous. Tim Carney of the exam- Washington Examiner called CBS tweet politically motivated slander. <laughs> well, no, it's not slander. It's in print, so it's libel. Quote, they will slander you happily if they think you have bad politics. National Review senior writer Dan McLaughlin sarcastically quipped, Oh, well then, uh, no need for trial. CBS News has delivered its verdict. And... It's ridiculous. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's mom went on to Fox News with uh, Sean Hannity. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's Fox and Friends. Sorry, get all my articles confused here. Um, The mother of Kyle Rittenhouse suggests Saturday that her attorneys are considering a lawsuit against President Joe Biden for allegedly associating her son with white supremacy. During an interview on Fox News' Fox & Friends, Wendy Rittenhouse was asked if the Rittenhouse team plans to take any action against powerful Americans, including Biden, for, quote, interfering in the justice system and defaming the 18-year-old Rittenhouse. Elder Rittenhouse had a six-word response. Our lawyers are going to handle that. In 2020, then-presidential candidate Biden tweeted a video of alleged examples of white supremacy with audio from a presidential debate between Biden and then-president Donald Trump. The video included an image of Rittenhouse. Quote, 
There's no other way to put it. The President of the United States refused to disavow white supremacists on the debate stage last night. Yeah, because he had spent the last four freaking years downplaying, or not downplaying, but disavowing it and hating it, speaking out against it. But, you know, when you're on the right, you can never do things enough. You can never hate haters enough. You can never be anti-racist enough. You can never be not white enough. Hell, you can't be black enough on the right. Just ask uh, just ask the lieutenant governor-elect of Virginia, a Jamaican immigrant who is black, whom another black woman, Joy Reid, called the black face of white supremacy. Absolutely gross, disgusting, and unfathomable. I was just I would love to see so many people just lose their shirts over the things they have said about Kyle Rittenhouse, especially if he gets acquitted, especially when all the testimony from the prosecution witnesses. Binger did such an amazing job vetting his witnesses. Every damn one of them ripped apart his case. I mean, he even got called out for trying to get a witness to change their police statement. So that way, they would have a name for uh, Zeminski on that guy's police statement. It Binger's just like, oh, we we didn't ask you to change your statement. Yeah, you did. I mean, prosecute, prosecutorial misconduct right there on the stage, right there on the stand. That's uh, that's a level of cojones that I haven't seen in a hot minute. But let's go on to another court case. Because for right now, uh, on both sides of rested, and on Monday, the jurors will get their instructions and be sent to begin deliberations. Uh, right now, it's looking like the judge may instruct them to consider the jury to consider lesser charges, meaning even the judge has now determined that, um, yeah, these, you know, these charges may be a bit overblown, so I will define what manslaughter is. I will define what X, Y, and Z is and tell the jury if they cannot find that he intentionally killed these people, here is what you can do. But, like I said, it will be in the jury's hands, and hopefully there will be justice, which we all know there won't be. Uh, If Rittenhouse is convicted, he will have been convicted of being a kid with great intentions and got caught up in a really bad situation. And if he is acquitted, 
he he needs to move the hell out of the country because his his life is going to be over. I'm not saying he will be killed, but he's not going to get anywhere in Wisconsin. A lot of places around the country, he, you know, he has a black stain on him now, and it's going to take forever for him to get past if past if he's acquitted. And let's not let's not uh, dismiss the idea of rioting in Kenosha again. Who knows? Maybe it will be more people who are stupid enough to bring uh, bring skateboards to an AR-15 fight. I mean, we'll see. But into other court cases, a judge from the fifth from the fifth circus had said, "Hey, you know what? Um, I'm doing do an injunction against this whole OSHA thing." And then the government immediately said, "No, no, no! We want to appeal. We're, OSHA is appealing this." Okay, well, it went before a, a panel, and um, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has blocked Democrat President Joe Biden's coronavirus vaccine mandate in a ruling late on Friday, calling it, quote, staggeringly overboard. The three-judge panel in New Orleans ruled that Biden's mandate, quote, grossly exceeds OSHA's statutory authority, writing that, Rather than a delicately handled scalpel, the mandate is a one-size-fits-all sledgehammer that makes hardly any attempt to account for differences in workplaces and workers, and that have more than a little bearing on workers' varying degrees of susceptibility to the supposedly, quote, grave danger, end quote, the mandate purports to address. Judges Kurt D. Englehart, Edith H. Jones, and Stuart Kyle Duncan said that the mandate impose financial burdens on businesses that could potentially violate the Constitution, writing, quote, The mandate imposes a financial burden upon them by deputizing their participation in OSHA's regulatory scheme, exposes them to severe financial risk if they refuse or fail to comply, and threatens to decimate their workforces and business prospects by forcing unwilling employees to take their shots, take their tests, or hit the road. The court stayed the mandate in a ruling last Saturday, writing that they were potentially there were potentially grave statutory and constitutional issues with the mandate. White House Deputy Press Secretary uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre responded to the ruling Monday by saying the Biden administration's message to businesses that fall under the mandate is that they should not wait to implement the measure. Ah, yes, because nothing says a democratic society, even though we're a republic, we're not... Democracy, we are a constitutional republic. Just want to make sure we're clear on that. Because, honestly, that really sounds a lot like, uh, sounds a lot like uh, FDR and his fascistic Blue Eagle stamp. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I referenced the Blue Eagle stamp of, and of the National Reclamation Act of the... You know, back in the, uh, you know, going into world, back in the Great Depression, going into World War II, where if you didn't fly the Blue Eagle, meaning if the government said jump, you're going to say how high on the way up, they would go out of their way to persecute you and put you out of business. Which, uh, by the way, the Philadelphia Eagles are named after the fascistic. Blue Eagle stamp. 
Fun fact. Uh, immediately following the release of Biden's vaccine mandate last week, Daily Wire was the first major company to file a lawsuit against the Biden administration, as the company noted in a report on Thursday. Quote, The lawsuit does not take a position on whether someone should receive the vaccine or not, only that Biden's mandate announced earlier this year and unveiled on Thursday morning. The mandate applies to all companies with 100 or more employees and forces those businesses to police the vaccine status of their employees. The Daily Wire, with over 100 employees, falls under the mandate. The Daily Wire's lawsuit seeks to overturn Biden's executive action, arguing that the order is unconstitutional and that the Biden administration violated federal law in drafting it. Uh, Jeremy Boring, co-founder and co-CEO of the Daily Wire, explained the company's decision, saying, we're not the enforcement arm of the federal government. Forcing Americans to choose between their livelihoods and their freedom is a grotesque abuse of power, and we won't be a party to it. Boring added, we will not incur the cost of implementing this testing regime. We will not incur the liability of inserting ourselves into the private health decisions and information of our employees. Our company was founded to stand against tyranny, and we will. And, yeah, great job on Daily Wire on going pushing back. You know, being the first private business to go against the federal government, that's that's huge. Don't get me wrong, the states doing it is a, is a big deal because you know, if you have state governments going, yeah, no. That, you know, puts the feds at odds. And it's the whole idea of you have to stick this in you or you lose your job. I mean... If I was the boss at a business with 100 or more employees or any employees, and I went to any of those employees and said, hey, you have to stick this in you or you lose your job, and I point at the fly of my pants, I've created a huge no-no issue. Now, if it's not like uh, if I have a private ambulance business that helps assist local hospitals, uh, nursing homes, uh, psychiatric care facilities. And the fact that my paramedics could potentially be exposed to hepatitis A, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, any number of bloodborne illnesses and say, hey, due to these exposure risks, you, you need to have these vaccinations. It's not that it's not that I want to force it on you. It's just this is for your own safety. Because bloodborne illnesses are a huge thing. Where I work at a, my full time job, people get hurt fairly often. There is bloodshed. We had an employee just a couple weeks ago that I helped. I helped treat before they sent him off to the emergency room where he nearly lost the tip of his finger. It was just barely there. And I threw on some nitrile gloves and grabbed the gauze and helped clean it up the best I could. That way they, (coughs) pardon me, that way they could get him to the emergency room and hopefully save the end of his finger. 
I mean, because of stuff like that, I'm amazed that we don't have to have hepatitis A, hepatitis B vaccines. Not that it matters because uh, I had all that in the army because, oh, we're exposed to bloodborne illnesses when you're in the military because, you know, people get shot. And in battle, you in a uh, battlefield situation, you might not have time to, you know, put on some sterile gloves and keep yourself safe. You know, if you ever remember watching Black Hawk Down, their medic is digging through this guy's pelvis trying to get his femoral artery. He doesn't have gloves on. Just saying. So, hopefully with the Fifth Circus actually upholding this, and I haven't haven't really looked at who these judges are, who appointed them. They could be Obama appointees. They could be Trump. They could be Bush. They could be Clinton appointees. I mean, I don't know. But hopefully... Hopefully this one actually sticks because I'm sure the I'm sure the feds are going to try to take it to the Supreme Court and get those wonderful <clears throat> wonderful uh staunch conservatives who always seem to vote against staunch conservative values staunch constitutional values I I'm sure they wouldn't do anything like punt or overturn a lower court because, you know, they, oh yeah, they've already done that crap before. Oh, yeah, we have this whole Roe versus Wade thing that says you have bodily autonomy, but when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to the COVID shot, yeah, you don't have any. Huh, weird. All right, so, I'm going to wrap this up for tonight. Those of you who joined me in the live room, thank you for hanging out, having a good time. Ah, it feels good to do the live show. I didn't do it last week. Uh, If you have not listened yet, please go to relentlessdaring.com slash podcast. Check out my uh, Veterans Day episode that I released on Thursday. I, I do my annual Veterans Day spiel. Go out there and actually help a veteran. It means means a lot more than just saying thank you for your service. There. That, that was the that was the too long didn't listen version. But you know, after after that, stick around for my conversation with John Andrasik of Five for Fighting Fame, where we talked about his song Blood of My Hands. I play the song in the episode. Thank you again, John, for letting me use your music. And, you know, I'm not I'm not getting in trouble for copyright violations because hey, I have his express permission. Um again, check that out. It was a great interview. Um again, I don't know how I don't know how many times I can thank him for coming on the show. I mean, he's incredibly busy and I'm a nobody and he took the time for a nobody. So that's big on him. Love you, John. Thank you so very much. Um you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you enjoy it, please hit that follow, subscribe, plus whatever it is they have on the podcast app you like. Hit that. That way you get the uh, you know notifications and it updates you every week when a new episode comes out. After that, please rate 
this show. I'm looking for five stars. I will accept four. Three and below, we need to have a talk. Because you're not doing your part to make sure this show is bigger than what it is. Five stars, people. Five stars. Don't make me... I, I see you over there. Get ready to click that one. Stop it. Nope. Five. Five. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, after that, review it. Say something nice. That way, you know, let people know you like the show and, you know, say some good things. I mean, maybe offer some constructive criticism because, you know, I want to be better, you know. After that, please share this episode. Send it to someone who you think will like it. Send it to someone who you think this episode will piss them off. Either way, I am good. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show financially, go to RelentlessNearing.com at the top of the page. You will see that donate button. Hit that, and you can set up a one-time or a recurring donation. Or maybe you want some swag. Check out RelentlessNearing.com slash shop. And there, you will see the brand new Let's Go Brandon t-shirts. Yes, that's right. I've gotten in on the uh, gotten in on the fun of Let's Go Brandon. So you can get a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt. I've got like oh, six colors, I think. You know, as the, you know, let's, hashtag Let's Go Brandon, the, the, the Relentless Daring whiskey label underneath it. Looks really spiffy. Check it out. RelentlessDaring.com. All things Relentless Daring Media Productions related there. You have this show. You have the Whiskey Pod. Please check it out again. Thank you so very much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. This is Relentless Daring on Podbean.com.